Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. I warned you. I warned you, folks. We can't get caught up in this whole let's play patty cake with the left because that's not the political fight we're in right now. That's right. I warned you. I got some unbelievable video for you today showing you we are in a political battlefield right now where the left just wants to crush you. I've warned you repeatedly. We'll open up the show uh, with that today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? I'm doing fine on this Tuesday, Daniel. How you doing, brother? (laughs) (laughs) I really, one of these days when we get, when we expand dramatically and get a 2030 person production staff, I'm going to put together a a composite of your openings into the show. They are quite hysterical. People have been clamoring for one of these days it's going to happen. But yes, we've warned them over and over that the the reason we get behind Trump uh, conservatives is because Trump fights back. Um, And right now the left wants to crush you. So we'll we'll start the show with that today. I got a lot of that. I've got really troubling information on that whole Patrick Byrne, that overstock CEO said the government was using Uh, him to spy on Republicans. I've got yeah development on that and some McCabe stuff. Also, this social credit system with this government surveillance state is just out of control. All right. Today's show brought to you by our buddies. Listen, no uh, worse time. uh, And I say worse time because we're looking at a potential another hurricane down here in Florida. Uh, But better time for them is my Patriot Supply to talk about preparedness, right? Takes only one major disaster to remind us how fragile life is and how systems are. They can break down. Life can change in a moment. And so does many times without warning. Listen, we just found out about... This potential hurricane, Dorian, and listen, it might peter out. We hope it does. But those spaghetti models, right where I am, is Mm. right in the line of fire there. So the good part is Paul and I are prepared. We have a generator. We already have our gasoline. And we have probably six months of food stored up. We use our friends at My Patriot Supply. Order at preparewithdan.com now. Well, when emergency strike, are you prepared? Can you be without electricity and stores of food for days? What if weeks? What if the supply chains break down for a little while? Folks, preparedness is important. You ensure everything in your life that matters. Why would you not ensure your food food supply? This is why I prepare with my Patriot Supply. They've revolutionized preparedness with an industry-leading line of emergency food, gear, water filtration products that you may need at some point in your life. This week, save $100 on a four-week emergency food plan when you go to my special website, preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. These four-week food kits include breakfast, lunches, and dinners, and they last up to 25 years in storage. Shipped free and discreetly right to your door. Don't ignore the writing on the wall. Give yourself peace of mind. Save $100 today. Build yourself an emergency food supply plan. Today's the day to prepare. Go to preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. All right, let's go. Oh, way off on that one. Okay, so, you know, the New York Slimes is upset that we now, conservatives have woken up, libertarians, good Republicans, and even moderate Democrats who voted for Trump, and are figuring out that people like the New York Times, liberal activists, the Washington Post, CNN and MSNBC aren't interested in the facts, aren't interested in data. Frankly, they aren't even interested in in opinion. Mm-hmm. What they're interested in is, is crushing conservatism. Yep. Um, Trump and and the evolution of Trump derangement syndrome has woken up a lot of people onto the right into the vitriol we've seen from them. Now, 
You know, let me play this a little bit in reverse. I want to go to this Jennifer Rubin video first. This is Jennifer Rubin, who comically um, the Washington Post labels as a conservative. Uh, She works there. Uh, She's not a conservative. She's not even a Republican. Uh, She may nominally label herself a Republican. She's a liberal is what she is. Um, But the New York Times, of course, trying to look bipartisan um, and open to new ideas, hires Jennifer Rubin. This is Jennifer Rubin basically enunciating the left's new strategy against us as conservatives. And I want you to take this very seriously play this cut i also want to um echo something that um my friend uh ej said um it's not only that trump has to lose but that all his enablers have to lose they have to we have to collectively in essence burn down the republican party um we have to level them because if there are survivors if there are people who weather this storm they will do it again they will take this as confirmation that hey it just pays to ride the waves look at me i've made it through and so up and down the ticket federal, state, local offices, the country has to repudiate this. It is not a normal administration. And when these people say, oh, you can't criticize us, it will deter public service. (laughs) It will deter people who are liars, who are enablers, um, who are really bad people, and they should be deterred. They don't get to escape accountability. That's all of our job to hold them accountable for the rest of their lives. You know what's really comical, by the way, about that segment, which you've probably seen. I don't like to run clips you've seen on other shows, especially throughout the day, because I don't like to relitigate a case you can see on a cable news channel. Uh, but this was important. And it's important because nearly every person on that panel, including the joker up in the upper left-hand corner, who I was on a panel with at Politicon, nearly every one of them was a believer in the spy and in the, uh, in the collusion hoax. <laughs> Nearly every one of them, she's comically Jennifer Rubin talking about accountability while every person on that, nearly every person, because I don't know a few of them, but EJ Dion, Jennifer Rubin, I think his name is Jason Johnson in the upper left-hand corner where I was on a panel with there, are, are, are proponents of the a debunked conspiracy theory hoax that has been a black eye on the media, and yet they're talking about Trump supporters and the Republican Party having to be burned to the ground because accountability has to happen when they've ignored any accountability, have never apologized for their role in the propagation of the biggest hoax in U.S. history. Yeah. Biggest hoax in U.S. history. That's number one. Number two, as I've warned you repeatedly, These people do not want to win a political argument, folks. Please stop mistaking this. This is why a lot of conservatives have rallied to the back of Donald Trump. They don't want to win an argument on taxes. They don't want to win an argument on school choice. They don't want to win an argument on health care because they have no facts to back them up. Right. They want to crush you. To quote Jennifer Rubin, they want to shun you from polite society. In other words, they want you to be humiliated emotionally, publicly, on social media. They want you fired from your job. They want your friends to abandon you. They want you because you believe in liberty and freedom. And again, Donald Trump, who's a flawed candidate, like everyone has their flaws, but has backed a lot of conservative ideas we believe in. They want you because of your support for him and him too to be shunned, bankrupted, and psychologically traumatized because you believe in a set of ideas differently than they do. Yep. Tell me again why we're supposed to be playing patty cake with these people. Explain to me again in a coherent set of sentences or a paragraph why we're supposed to be. This is why I can't stand these vichy conservatives out there who, you know, 
they're like, oh, well, listen, if we're just, if we go out and we, and we try to make our case, listen, I told you we should make our case, but not for them. We should debate these people, but we should not be debating Jennifer Rubin to be changing Jennifer Rubin's mind. Debate her, engage her on Twitter all you can. You're talking to them to convince the third party listening in. These people are beyond repair. They were collusion hoaxers. They are liars. They are frauds. And they, they would have the country collapse in a minute just to make sure they come out on the other end, on the other side with power and influence. Now, what I was going to bring up first, but I, want, I, I think it's probably better that I set the table this way first. So just to take away on that, these people don't want to win. They want to crush you. There's a difference. That's why we are in the trenches right now, and we're not worried that the guy next to us, whether it be Trump or our political allies, we're not worried that he gave an interview on Howard Stern 15 years ago. We're worried about, is he going to save lives via pro-life legislation? Is he going to save our economy from destruction from socialist Democrats? Is he going to save us from being bankrupted and, and be the leading voice in fighting back in the culture wars on the left? That's what we're worried about right now. And it's what the, the, you know, like I said, the, the Vichy Republicans and Democrats who just, oh, you know, let's just make, you know, let's just sit there and make peace with them and, you know, roast uh, marshmallows and sing Kumbaya. That's what they don't get. Having said that, the New York Times objects to their now conservatives waking up to this fight. Remember, the fight is we're about to be crushed. Mm-hmm. They want to crush us. They want to they want to make sure you're not accepted in polite society. They object. Check out this article, the National Review to conservatives implementing liberal, uh, you know, liberal tactical battle plans. New York Times reporters upset. This is an article by Jack Crow, National Review. Be in the show notes today. Check them out at Bongino.com. Subscribe to my email list. We'll email you these articles every day. New York Times reporter Trump allies targeting journalists are deploying Media Matters own playbook. What's the backstory here? Again, as a response to that video you just saw of Jennifer Rubin and the hysterical TDS level six, Trump derangement syndrome level six infected left that want to crush you, bankrupt you, humiliate you. Conservatives have finally woken up and a band of conservatives have figured out that if they deploy the left's own strategies against them, they can finally create a battlefield situation where we can fight back. Now, what is the article about? You may have missed this story, but it's an important one. For years, the the jokers at Media Matters, who have, are just complete clowns. I mean, it's a total clown show of losers working for like a dollar an hour in, in, in you know, sitting there in between bouts of, you know, 20 hour Internet porn watching. Um, they eventually get around to targeting conservatives. What Media Matters does, by the way, run by a homophobic anti-Semite, Angelo Curason. If you look up his article in The Daily Caller, some of the stuff he's written about Jewish people um, is just amazing. This guy, I mean, I, I mean, amazing in, in the sense that this guy gets gets away. It's, it's just stunning and astonishing that he's gotten away with it. This guy runs a left-leaning organization named Media Matters that targets conservatives. He's an anti-Semitic homophobe, this guy. You got to see his writings. <laughs> or transophobe. You got to read. It's in the Daily Caller. You can see the piece. Having said that, what Media Matters has done for years is they go back and target conservatives of any stripe they just don't like, and they find a tweet. This has happened to friends of mine, by the way. Mm -hmm. They find a tweet from seven, eight years ago, Joe, that's a bad joke or whatever, and they demand that person be fired, humiliated, boycotted, everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, 
What's good for the goose, Joe, is what's good for the gander as well. Yes, sir. So conservatives figured out that, well, if we can probe back for years in social media accounts and emails, like they found the writings of Media Matters, uh, anti-Semite Angelo Corazon, that if they went back in time, they could use that same strategy against the left and against alleged reporters. I say because the Times is pretending that the people that they hire are reporters. They're not. They're, 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 you know, they're the left-wing activists disguised as reporters. The Times is now upset that a group of conservatives is going back in time and probing the tweets of New York Times alleged journalists and finding out that a lot of them have written anti-Semitic or, or really offensive stuff as well, and the New York Times doesn't like oh. any of that. I don't remember them, Joe. I know. Too bad. Oh, so sad. Oh, yeah. I know. Let me cry. Uh, yeah, fraud alert. Let's get our fraud alert. There oh. it is. <laughs> so bad. Fraud alert. Are you? Yeah, yep. baby. By the way, I got your audience on Budsman hat, too. I just have to. I just keep forgetting to bring it in from the kitchen. Okay. Now the New York Times is offended. I don't re recall them speaking out about Media Matters doing this. So a 10-year-old tweet about a, a Daily Caller writer that she apologizes for, that's fair game. But a New York Times alleged journalist who tweets out anti-Semitic stuff openly, no, no, we should ignore all of that because we're the New York Times. The lead propagators of the biggest conspiracy theory of our time. Folks, new freaking rules, man. I'm sorry. The new rules are we win, you lose. This is a political ideological battle right now. It's not a joke. The left, you listen to their own words. I don't have to paraphrase them. Mm -hmm. I can just play their own words. Listen to Jennifer Rubin and her liberal allies all nodding their head in approval <laughs> like dopey bobblehead dolls. Collusion hoaxers. Police state tyrants who support the spying on a presidential campaign. Eh, nodding on a panel like the dopey Brady Bunch. Remember that scene in the Brady Bunch? <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> not, like dopes. They want to crush you. They want the Republican Party, quote, burned down. These aren't my words. They're theirs. Listen to them. Take them seriously. To quote Denny Green, the former coach of the Arizona Cardinals, they are who we thought they were. When talking about the Bears and getting smoked on the field, yeah. we are who they, they are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. They are police state tyrants who will do anything to humiliate, embarrass, bankrupt you, and in some cases, jail you. They love this stuff. Stop pretending this isn't real. Just listen to them. All right. Um, I got a lot of stories to get to, so um, I'm going to have to move on. But I can't caution you in strong enough terms. The left is not kidding, folks. These are police state, anti-free speech, Antifa-supporting, spying police state tyrants. They are who we thought they were. Daddy Green, we need that. That's a great, by the way, the great line of lighter. No, one of the greatest sound bites ever. It's up there with the Jim Moore. Playoff, playoffs. playoffs. <laughs> See, that's Google Jim Moore, playoffs. playoffs. I know I brought it up before, but it's yeah, worth it your time. Yeah, it is funny. Playoffs. 
All right, let me knock this one out. I'm gonna because I got to roll for a bit on this. I want to get going. Um, we have sponsors who pay to be here to talk to you. Today's show also brought to you by buddies at Dynatrap. This is the greatest fly capturing system ever. I have like two or three of these in my house. Florida is the greatest state in the union, but we do have a lot of insects down here. Plug this into your wall outlet. This is what it looks like. That's the cover. You see it right there. Ooh. Doesn't even look like an insect trap. Remember those goofy uh, uh, glue strip thingies? They're really disgusting. Man. No one wants to see that in the house. Get the the Dynatrap fly light. It's summer. The only thing more more annoying than Jim Comey fake news and the crazy left-wing media are insects in your house. Flies and insects evading your home, no good. You don't know where those things landed. Last thing they're Ew. landing on your food. Come on, let's be honest. It's kind of gross, you know? Mm. So we'd like to thank our sponsors at Dynatrap. It's the leading manufacturer of outdoor mosquitoes and insect traps, and now they've come up with a solution for indoor pests. The Dynatrap fly light. This thing works, ladies and gentlemen. I have them plugged in in my house. Uh. You change the glue strips out. I have to do it like once a week down here. You'd be surprised what you catch at night when they fly <laughs> right into the light and the glue, trip, the glue trap catches them right there. I know, I know. It's pretty nasty. Forget the disgusting fly strips. Go with the Dynatrap trap fly light looks like a night light that's it plugs right into the outlet i've been using it, it listen truth be told i've been using it for a couple of years now yeah. i don't know the copy says a couple of days but i've been using it for a lot longer than that i can actually if, if i i'd gross you out but i don't want to show you the glue traps we catch a lot of stuff oh. get yours at dynatrap.com that's d-y-n-a-t-r-a-p.com enter promo code bongino and get a healthy 15 percent off dynatrap the safe silent and simple solution to household insect control dynatrap.com the Dynatrap fly light available at Dynatrap.com for indoor insect uh, control, Dynatrap.com. Use promo code Bongino for 15% off. Trust me, it works. Dude, <laughs> so you know. Give, use it for a week. There's nothing worse than seeing a yeah. shiny green fly walk, walking on your ear of corn. Uh-uh. Forget ah, it. That's just disgusting, awful. Disgusting, isn't it? Yeah, oh, man. It is. That's a very bad <laughs> Turn that visual. thing right out. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Listen, last week we talked about Patrick Byrne, the CEO of Overstock. I know I got to eat after this. Oh, dude, Overstock CEO appeared on Martha McCallum's show. And Patrick Byrne was uh, alleging, and I, I, I'll give you a little bit of an update on this in a second. Patrick Byrne was alleging that the FBI was using him um, in an effort to spy on Republican yeah. campaigns yeah. and kind of hinted at some operation with Hillary Clinton. If you listen to last week's show, I think he... He, he said that wrong. I think he was looking for Russian blackmail on Hillary Clinton. The FBI was trying not, not to blackmail Hillary Clinton. Um, but having said that, a source of mine that reached out again, all I can tell you is the source that reached out to me believes this guy is credible, and I do as well. I don't think Burns' story, um, he's saying it exactly correctly, and I don't think it's a reflection of him lying. I just think he's a very hyper guy on the air. So just to sum up, Patrick Byrne was the CEO of the company called Overstock. He alleged in this interview we covered last week that the FBI reached out to him to rekindle a relationship with a Russian by the name of Maria Butina, who was a key figure in this whole Russian collusion scandal. I don't want to say a key figure, maybe a secondary figure. The, the, uh, the gist of it was this. That the collusion hoax, which was a hoax, was that the uh, the uh, the Russians were laundering money into the Trump campaign through the NRA. That that allegation has been widely discredited and debunked. And the allegation is this Russian Maria Butina, follow me here. I don't want to lose you. Okay. That she was making contact with NRA officials and kind of like greasing the skids right. for all this, trying to develop contacts for the Russians. Right. Okay. So. That, Burns saying, hey, the FBI asked me to contact Butina uh, to kind of like gather information maybe about this collusion thing. Now, having said that, you know, a lot of you know the backstory. If you don't, that's it in a nutshell. 
There's been an update on this. I want to hat tip um, Rosie Memos on on Twitter. I have a lot of great accounts on Twitter I go to. This is a screenshot from that Twitter account. Again, Rosie, uh, R-O-S-I-E, Memos. Um, This is fascinating, folks. Because remember now, Paula, keep that up for a minute. This is important because I want you to, if you're watching on YouTube.com slash Bongino, you can read ahead. If not, don't worry, I'll explain it to you. Butina has now been prosecuted successfully by the U.S. government for not being genuine about our contacts with the Russians, right? Byrne is saying he was used by the FBI to contact Butina. But get a load of this from Rosie Memos. It's, this is, a, this is a, a memo from Butina's, le- um, describing Butina's legal team. In writing, they, so they say, in particular, we suggested to the government a strong suspicion that counterintelligence or other FBI investigators use confidential informants in their investigation of Maria. And that information provided by the witnesses to the government might be relevant to guilt or sentencing. Okay, let me get back to this now. Let me just describe to you what's going on here. Okay. Maria Butina, the Russian who's supposed to be some secondary figure in this collusion scheme by her contacts with NRA officials and others. Maria Butina's lawyers during the, the trial asked for Brady material. In other words, material that could mean Butina was innocent. You're entitled to that as a defendant. You know that, right, folks? Uh-huh. Okay. If yeah, you are sure. charged by the government with a crime and the government has information indicating you didn't commit that crime, by law, they have to turn that over to you. It's called Brady. If they don't, it's a serious, serious malfunction. Uh-huh. They'll be in a world of trouble. Now, the, they made a Brady request, Butina's lawyers to the government, saying, we think our client was set up by a government informant. Was there any government informant in the case? Now, if you listen to last week's show on Byrne, you're like, yeah, Byrne. Byrne said he was instructed by the FBI or requested by the FBI, let's be precise, to contact Butina. The very definition, Joe, right, of an informant for the FBI. I'm not crazy, right? No, you're not crazy. Look at the response. Some of you may have read ahead, but check out the response by the government. This is to Butina's lawyers. They're suggesting that she was set up or or there were dangles put out there. In writing, the government denied the existence Whoa. of any such Brady material. Oh, is right. <laughs> Orally, during debrief sessions with Maria, I directly told the government, this is her lawyer, that I believe Patrick Byrne, CEO of Overstock, who had a sporadic relationship with Maria over a period of years prior to her arrest, was a government informant. Listen to this, folks. My speculation was flatly denied. My associate Alfred Curry made similar assertions in a separate debrief that he covered and was also rebuffed. Ladies and gentlemen, somebody is lying. Remember DuckTales? Scrooge Scrooge McDuck? They had the harp that could detect me. You are (laughs) lying. Lying. Somebody's nose is growing. Somebody's not telling the truth. Somebody is not telling the truth here. Either Patrick Byrne is making up this whole story, which I'm telling you, based on strong sourcing on my end, he is not. He is not. Listen, I could be wrong. I doubt it. Not based on the people. People. Notice the plural. I've been talking to about Byrne. Byrne is saying I was a government informant requested to contact Butina. Butina's lawyers, were there government informants in the case? What about Byrne? No, no, there were no government informants, the government said. One of these people is lying. Ladies and gentlemen, may I suggest to you that it is not Byrne. That again, they are lying again like they were lying about Halper, 
like they were lying about Downer, like they were lying about their leaks to the uh, the FBI's leaks to the media, like they were lying about the July 31st start of Crossfire Hurricane when we know the investigation of Trump started possibly as early as 2015. They are trying to cover their tracks because the Butina NRA story turned out to be a dud. And the Butina NRA story was a at least the NRA story about them laundering money, which was false for foreign donors from Russia into the Trump campaign. That was a key component of the debunked dossier used to spy on Trump. They are wiping clean all their tracks. Someone is lying again. Man, the FBI has been pretty bad with this exculpatory stuff here, haven't they? Oh, my <laughs> Jeez, God. Louise. You know what? Excellent point. Huh? The, well, I mean, what, what do you have? We have the George Papadopoulos tape yeah. where he's like, I wasn't. This is treason what you're suggesting. I didn't do this. Dude, yeah. That exculpatory information. The fact that Carter Page, they didn't verify any of the info on Carter Page. Just, There's allegedly tapes out there of Carter Page, too. Now we have this exculpatory information that Butina may have had a source dangling information in front of her. Folks. If Butina's guilty of being a foreign spy, fine, charge it with that. That's not what they charged it with, by the way. But I'm telling you, this case is a scam. The government is wiping clean its tracks in the sand. Good point there. The uh-huh. exculpatory information is everywhere, and you hear none of it. Right. Yeah. Can I make one final comment? I'm asking, like, I got to ask. Uh, please do. Like, yes. there's like a producer. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Joe. You're welcome, Daniel. Last night, Paul and I watched American Greed and the new episode. Ah. I'm really disappointed, by the way. It's generally a decent show on CNBC. Paul and I enjoy it. What a mistake last night. We watched the one, they did a new one on Paul Manafort. Ah. Unbelievably ah. one sided. Uh, you know, I cover Manafort extensively in my new book, Exonerated, which is coming out in a couple weeks. Um, it was unbelievably one-sided. Amazing how they include his work for Ukraine, but entirely leave out that one of the people working with him on Ukraine was Obama's former White House lawyer. And the fact that a number of prominent Democrats were working in Ukraine doing the same thing Manafort did, all left out of the <laughs> left show. Left it out? And the Mueller report says it was, uh, uh, Joe, it was a total, and don't even waste your time. Oh, if you listen to this show last night, even Paula, who doesn't, you know, have time, a lot of times she's producing, she's like, I know all of this already. Like, it's a total waste of time. All right, uh, moving on. An important case yesterday came down um, in the state of Oklahoma. And I want to address this because there's a lot of emotions behind this on both sides. Uh, Check this article out uh, from Breitbart. There was a ruling against the uh, Johnson & Johnson, which makes an opioid-based drug. Oklahoma judge rules against drug maker. uh, We have it up in the show notes from Breitbart. Orders $572 million payment. Ladies and gentlemen, this was a troubling case. It was a lawsuit by the state of Oklahoma against Johnson and Johnson, which produces an opioid type medication. Listen, there's no disputing full stop. We have an opioid issue in this country. None, none. There are significant numbers of people who have died. Those statistics are out there for you to see. I am not disputing any of that folks. It's and, and before you, because this is an emotional topic on both sides, but I don't avoid emotional topics. That's what we do here. We have to address the hard stuff too. This is an issue that's run in my family, not just with one, but with many people. So I just ask you, email me, our email's on the website, say whatever you need to say, but I just, before you say, I just want you to keep in context, this is not some issue that I am discussing, I'm discussing this personally. This is in my direct sphere of influence that has impacted me and my life personally. My wife knows what I'm talking about. 
So this is an important topic. The judge ruled against the opioid industry with a $572 million fine. The fine is not the $17 billion the state was seeking, um, but the lawsuit was shady in a number of respects, folks. Um, it involved the use of, of public nuisance-type rulings instead of uh, direct impact ruling. It, the way it was conducted was awkward. And I wanted to bring up a couple of points about this. Folks, we are always going to have problems when it comes to pain medication. Always. Because yeah. the potential for abuse of them is high. Yes. But folks, the level of abuse, although serious, again, it is a serious problem, should not incentivize people to sue these companies and drive them out of business. 90 plus percent of people who use these drugs and need them chronic pain situations, post-surgery situations, use them responsibly. Folks, I had back surgery. I was prescribed oxycodone once. I had no problem with it at all. I think it was two days and that was the end of it. I mean, that was 20 years ago when I lived in Maryland. That probably covers 90 to 95, if not more percent of people prescribed these drugs. And I ask you, before we start suing these companies and bankrupting them, disincentivizing them to produce medications that can mitigate human pain, what's the personal responsibility component here? Folks, you understand that these lawsuits by these states have significant consequences. Yes. This is gonna, it may prevent doctors from prescribing these medications to people who need them. It may disincentivize companies from producing new and more effective, even less addictive ones in the future. I'm not suggesting every step these companies followed was the right one. Again, I'm not suggesting there isn't a problem. But folks, there's a personal responsibility component here. And because a small percentage of the population abuses these drugs, some die in the process, which is tragic. Again, I've been personally affected by this. Should not mean that the rest of society should be penalized for it. Keep in mind, as was pointed out in the Wall Street Journal this morning, these are government-regulated drugs, Joe, approved by the FDA. Yes. That have to be prescribed by doctors. They're not over-the-counter medications mm -hmm. who are sold in pharmacies that have significant government regulatory loads to sell those uh, drugs. Mm -hmm. This is not an unregulated field. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it was a significant ruling. And I'm just telling you, there are people out there who use these drugs responsibly to, because they have chronic conditions they can't manage. They live with chronic pain. The rest of the world shouldn't have to suffer because of a personal responsibility lapse or people who choose to abuse these drugs. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I get it. That addiction is a disease. I live with it. But the world is not full of simple solutions. Let's just sue them out of existence is not a solution. I think this was a bad call, a really bad call. All right, I've got a lot more to get to. Um, I, also, I have some, just to follow up on a lighter note, at the end of the show, I want to play some video of Joe Walsh yesterday. <laughs> Again, this, this just clown trying to run against Trump for the Republican nomination. Who was, he got some news <laughs> on the air yesterday that Joe and I were laughing at before yeah. the show. We're like, he was shocked by this. So I want to play that. Uh, but I got a lot more to get to. I want to move on to the Andy McCabe saga, which just keeps getting worse and worse um, and worse. You know what? Let's get to the last one today, last sponsor, because I want to motor through this. McCabe is in a world of trouble. The former, de former deputy director of the FBI is in a world of trouble. I, I'm, 
There is a, a grand jury getting ready now, I hope, to indict. If they pass on an indictment, the justice system is dead. All right, today's show finally brought to you by our buddies at ZipRecruiter. Listen, hiring is really difficult. Paul and I, Paul and I run Bongino.com, uh, Bongino Inc. We have people who work with us, but looking for people is tough. It is hard. You get these, these mounds of resumes. People email you stuff. Some are qualified. Some are not. You read through them. What if there was a better way? Ladies and gentlemen, there is. Hiring is challenging. There's one place you can go where hiring is simple, fast, and smart. A place where growing businesses can connect to qualified candidates and not waste a lot of time. That place is ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site. Get a load of this. Within the first day... One day, you can't beat that. Right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free. If you're a business, you need to try this out at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino, B-O-N-G-I-N-O, ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Check them out if you're looking for qualified candidates are the only place to go. All right. Folks, this McCabe saga has me furious. Andy McCabe was a former deputy director of the FBI, was an integral figure in the spying scandal on the Trump team, signed one of the FISA warrants. Um, McCabe was the one who claims to have opened up the obstruction investigation against Trump after his buddy, his pal, his chum, uh, disgraced former FBI director Jim Comey was fired. This, we didn't cover this yesterday. I'm sorry. There's just always a lot going on here. Andy McCabe... A decision should come down within days if he's going to be indicted or not. Now, what's the indictment about? Why is McCabe in trouble? Why is McCabe, by the way, one of the sleaziest figures as well in this entire thing? I would debate as sleazy as Jim Comey. Number one, um, let's put up, uh, this is I, this is a hat tip. Uh, I think this came from Conservative Treehouse. They, have, they always do good. Uh, they outline stuff pretty nicely. Uh, no, no, not the timeline. Uh, but Conservative Treehouse has a timeline up of what exactly McCabe did and why he's in trouble. And I want to make sure I give you a little bit of background on this first because it's important. Andy McCabe was the deputy director of the FBI. During the investigation of the Clinton email case, it's alleged, and you can see if you're reading this, I'll, I'll highlight it in a second here. You can see he was, the IG report points out to his lack of candor. So uh, he was interviewed on May 9th in 2017. This is, uh, this is from the IG report. When questioned under oath by FBI agents from their inspection division, basically their internal affairs. And McCabe lacked candor when he told agents he had not authorized the disclosure of the Wall Street Journal and did not know who did. This conduct violated FBI Offense Code 2.6, lack of candor under oath. Now, come back to me here. Let's be clear on what's going on. There is a leak to the Wall Street Journal about sensitive information in the Clinton probe. Mm -hmm. The FBI internal affairs becomes suspicious that that leak was from Andrew McCabe. When he is interviewed under oath on May 9th, he denies being the source of that leak. Follow me, because if you don't know the details of this, the McCabe story becomes confusing. And leftists who love McCabe, who was just hired by CNN, unbelievably as a contributor, this guy's a known liar. Leftists are now trying to back this guy. Oh, he didn't really do anything wrong. No, no, no. Folks, this guy is a really horrible person. 
Now, keep in mind one thing here as well. You are, just because you're an FBI deputy director, doesn't mean you ever have to talk if you think criminal charges are going to... You have the right against self-incrimination. Does everybody get this? Because I want to be clear on this. Now, administratively, the FBI may have rules that you have to talk to their inspection Uh division. That's an administrative rule. That's fine. You can quit. The FBI cannot make you self-incriminate yourself no matter what. You have a constitutional Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination. Administrative rules are different. Legal rules, administrative rules. Andy McCabe chose to take the administrative path and speak to the inspection division about the leak. He went under oath and he essentially, I believe, put himself under criminal liability by lying. Now, a lot of people will say Andy McCarthy made this great point in a National Review piece. Folks, don't lie to the FBI. I'm sorry. You don't have to talk to them. I I, I don't want to be a jerk with this, but Andy McCarthy made an excellent point. You don't have to talk to the FBI. You don't. If you don't want to, don't do it. I'm just telling you, if you do, don't be stupid and lie to them because they can charge you. And in many cases will. Andy McCabe chose to spoke to the FBI, chose to speak to the FBI he worked for, and he did not tell them the truth. I wasn't the source of the leak. He was the source of the leak. We know that. Now, what's the problem? Put that back up again. What makes it worse? McCabe changes his own story to the inspection division on a November 29th interview when he says, oh, all right, he did authorize disclosure, but basically said it was just at the end of a meeting when I said to these inspection guys, it was at the end of a meeting and I was basically confused. This is defense. You can read it on youtube.com slash Bongino, the whole thing. And conservative treehouse has some good coverage of it today as well. So let me get this straight. He goes under oath chooses to take the administrative path, doesn't invoke his right against uh, self uh, to not incriminate himself, Mm. lies to the FBI on May 9th, then goes back in November, tries to retract his fingers. No, well, I was the source of the leak. What I originally told you wasn't true, but I just said it in passing at the end of an interview. You may say, all right, well, that sounds innocent enough. Remember, the leftists are going to defend these guys. Eh, wrong. Holding McCabe 10 (laughs) yards. Repeat first down. That is not what happened. What this sleazeball did is unreal. In that period, between that that original May interview and the November interview, you know what this guy, get a load of this crap, Joe. You know what this guy does? Hmm. In order to cover his tracks that he was the leak to the Wall Street Journal about the Clinton email case, he calls up, gets on a conference call, his Washington and New York field office supervisors, and this sleazeball starts berating them for the leak. Oh, man. It's his leak. It's it's it, McCabe. Yeah. McCabe knows he leaked it. How, how does McCabe know he leaked it? Because he's McCabe. McCabe is McCabe. <laughs> yeah. McCabe knows he leaked it. And he starts, <laughs> dude, can you imagine like Paula and I screw up the Adobe audition for the podcast? Uh-huh. We know we did it. And we're well, here's me on the phone. Armacost, you piece of garbage. Oh, you screwed this up. You're fired, man. What? You're fired, what? buddy. Get out of my shop. Oh. What a horrible guy you are. Oh. Piece of garbage, Armacost. Get rid of this clown. <laughs> the worst ever. Meanwhile, Paul and I screwed it up and we know it. Can you know what kind of a degenerate loser you have to be to do that? No, that's... And meanwhile, that Joe's sucks. probably feeling bad. Like, that's awful. Man, I screwed up. That's so bad. How did I do that? I let them all down. I got to... Meanwhile, you did it? Dude. McCabe leaked it and started yelling at his field office supervisors for a leak. He leaked. Oh, man. This is what a sleazeball this guy is. <laughs> now, 
Again, we put this up before here. Oh, this is also the guy, just so you have background on what a sleazeball McCabe is. McCabe is the guy who, keep in mind, after the firing of Jim Comey, has already told people he's the one who wanted to investigate Trump for obstructing the investigation. Here's an article in Time Magazine from a while ago, a headline. Acting FBI director. They're talking about McCabe, by the way. Mm-hmm. There has been no effort to impede the investigation into Russian meddling by Maya Rodan, May 11, 2017. Again, Andrew McCabe, lying sleazeball. Let's open up an investigation into Trump for obstructing our investigation into Russia. Same Andy McCabe under oath to Senator Marco Rubio in the the first couple weeks of May of 2017. Quote, there has been no effort to impede our investigation to date. (laughs) This guy is a liar. Trump obstructed under oath. Did he obstruct? No, nobody obstructed. Also, keep this in mind, too. Andy McCabe is also the one who's alleged to have told Congress that the FISA warrant would not have existed without the dossier. In other words, yeah. this guy already knew the right. debunked, discredited information they used to spy on Trump was all they had. He's already said it. Remember, the original FISA on Carter Page, ladies and gentlemen, was denied. The original FISA was denied. What If you listen to this show a year ago, oh. this the original FISA was denied. Don't forget that what I, I brought, this may be a little confusing, but I brought this up a year ago. After that FISA is denied, you need a couple of things to get a FISA approved. You need probable cause that someone is acting on behalf of a foreign power mm-hmm. in the United States and that someone is doing so in violation of U.S. law. Remember, it's not illegal to act on behalf of a foreign power, Right. Mm-hmm. You may say, gosh, Dan, that sounds illegal. Does it really? Well, what is the uh, Russian ambassador in the United States doing? Why wouldn't we, if, if act, he's acting on behalf of Russia, right? right? Why don't we arrest him? Because that's his job. That's what he does. Follow me. Okay. To get a FISA warrant to spy on an American, you have to act on behalf of a foreign power in violation of U.S. law. That second part is critical. I'll say. Are you tracking? Yeah. If you don't get this, the next part won't make sense. They try to get a FISA to spy on Carter Page. It's denied. Why? They don't have probable cause that he broke the law. What magically appears, ladies and gentlemen, in the dossier then, in the next series of memos that Andy McCabe has already acknowledged became a key portion of the FISA warrants that were approved? What appears? This magical charge that Carter Page was going to accept a bribe from this Russian gas company, Rosneft, worth potentially hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, my. Magically appears after the denial. Ladies and gentlemen, in case you're not following, that bribe would have been a crime. The crime that was missing from the original applications that were likely denied because there was no crime there. What's the problem with that crime? The whole thing was made up. Mm -hmm. There was no bribe offer made to Carter Page. McCabe knows this. McCabe knows all of this. This guy's a fraud. He is a total fraud. If he is not indicted, put a nail in the justice system. Did you track that? Did that make oh, sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The re- fabricated bribery charge yeah. in the in the dossier that was made up was made up because they hadn't leapt the second hurdle of PC, a crime. That Carter Page mm-hmm. was acting on behalf of the Russian government and committed a crime in doing so. So they just invented one. Yeah, he took a bribe. 
Did he actually take a bribe? No, no, we just invented it for the Pfizer. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> and he's hired by CNN. Yeah. This is a this is like a bad joke. I'll fit right in All there. Right, I want to get to that Joe Walster. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, <laughs> dude, that's so right. He'll fit right. You were Joe. Bingo. Yeah. He will fit right in at CNN <laughs> yeah. with the other clowns. Yeah. Stelter and them included. As I said last night on Fox, one of the biggest jokes in human history, oh. the great mysteries of our time is how Brian Stelter of CNN has a show called Reliable Sources. Yeah. I cannot figure that out. All right. Uh, another big uh, big break here. Just to show you how bad this case is, I'm going to hit this quickly because i got to get to some other stuff. The Archie declarations. We mentioned this last mm -hmm. week. This is huge. Again, the, the Treehouse guys over there, Conservative Treehouse, have an update on this as well. I hope they don't mind me using their... Uh, they're, uh, they're underlining highlights here. But this is this is what's going on here. The Archie declarations are these declarations about Comey's memos. Jim Comey wrote a series of memos. We've been told by the liberal media up to this point that these memos are, are small in number and they just cover some brief conversations with Trump. But that's not what this says. This guy, Archie, wrote a declaration saying, hey, we don't want these Comey memos exposed to the public because they have information in it. Look at what they may have in there. This is from their court filing. The memos also identify specific foreign governments and officials and reflect particular non-public interactions between them and the United States government. The public's disclosure of which could reasonably be expected to affect the United States relationships with those countries. Wait, 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 wait. Time out. T.O. Here we go. Under the hood for review oh, here. There's the flag, we got, we got laundry on the field, folks. I thought I thought the Jim Comey memos were just a series of five to seven to eight memos or what in small in number that covered these these conversations he had with Donald Trump. Now we're hearing, according to this guy, David Archie, who is to be clear what this is. They don't want these memos exposed. Right. He put forth a series of declarations saying, here's why these memos shouldn't be exposed. And one of the reasons they're citing is this sensitive information about foreign government spying. Are you, are you picking up what we're laying down here? Yeah, baby. Ladies and gentlemen, was Jim Comey documenting the Spygate scandal the entire time? Oh. How numerous are these memos? Are we talking about piles of memos? We know the FBI went to his house to get them. If, on paper, Jim Comey documented his efforts and the FBI efforts with the CIA and others to circumvent the U.S. intelligence uh, prohibitions on spying on American citizens using foreign counterparts and others, we need to get a look at those memos. Stat. And it explains why the Justice Department doesn't want them out there right now. Yeah, in a big right, way, I'd say. Huh? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, man. Imagine, a, I put in my notes here. Imagine a blueprint to Spygate. Holy Jim moly. Comey wrote the whole blueprint. Now you see why this guy, Archie, put these declarations saying, no, no, we don't want anybody to see those. All right, moving on. Uh, I promise you I get to this Joe Walsh video. This guy is just a complete joker. Uh, I, again, I said yesterday, he's just an awful guy. I'm sorry. He's just not a good guy. Ask people who know him from his days up on Capitol Hill. He's not a good guy. He now wants to primary Donald Trump. Um, so he goes on a television network yesterday yeah. and he does this appearance here where he finds out apparently on the air or just moments before he had a national radio show. Walsh, you probably he don't know because nobody listened to it. Um, yeah, I was actually offered his job. Uh, yeah. And uh, he's such a clown. Um, so he finds out yesterday on the air that something happened to his radio show. And just going to show you how really unintelligent this guy is. He's stunned by this. Check this out.
80 to 90 percent of my audience supports the president. I just found out that I lost my national radio show. So so that's gone. But I figured that might happen, John. You lost it. Why? Uh, I don't know why. I just got a notice before I came in the studio. Um, I'm running for president. I oppose this president. Most of my listeners support the president. It's not an easy thing to do to be in conservative talk radio and oppose this president. I, I knew that, John, when I made the announcement tomorrow, yesterday, that it could be in jeopardy. Oh, dude. <laughs> now, there is no better producer to have on the air right now than joe because oh. joe spent joe's forgotten more about conservative talk radio um than most people joe's been around i don't say where because it's, i don't put his resume but he's been around he's seen but the evolution of it he's been in a lot of places not just when he was in baltimore and and joe a couple things about this which you know you and i are kind of chatting before the show how funny this is like he was surprised he got fired okay so let's get this straight he puts out a couple of data points there right what does he say first he goes well 80 to 90% of my audience supports Donald Trump. Gee, why would a radio station get rid of I have no idea. No one. Am I missing something? No, man. Joe, just to be clear, we both you worked in radio. Up. Yeah. It's it's a private entity, right? Yeah. Radio that they get paid by sponsors. And it's, it, it, this is not, it's not a, man. it's not a socialist enterprise. Right? No, no, no. Well, okay. Thank you. Not commercial thank you. radio. So if you're, now, Joe, for given your expertise in radio, having done conservative talk radio for almost three decades, yeah. um, would you say it's a good idea on conservative talk radio <laughs> to have hosts that are conservatives so conservatives would listen? This is not a trick no. question. Good idea, yes or uh, no? Well, Dan, um, that would be a very good idea. Yeah, that would be a great idea. <laughs> You're going to go out on a limb yeah, and say yes. Now, so not only is this knucklehead, this guy wants to run for president, oh. unaware that he, he would get fired 80 to 90%, his words, not mine, support yeah. Trump. And he's running against him and he's shocked he got fired. <laughs> but secondly, he's obviously completely unaware of how equal time works. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, there's an equal time rule when you run for office. If you have a radio show and you are a candidate for public office, you have to give equal time to your opponents. If this guy's on the air three hours a day, his Salem that hosted this show would have to give Joe Walsh's opponents. There are other people talking about running. Oh, yeah. Bill Weld on the Republican side. You have Mark Sanford wants to primary Trump too. They'd have to give Trump three hours a night and all his opponents. Was he not aware? How are you in radio when you don't know about equal time? That's my question. This is like being banking, being in banking and being confused that the dollar is the official currency of the United States. Like equal time. Joe, I'm not crazy, nah, right? You're, you're not it's crazy, like Dan. <laughs> day one of radio broadcasting. Yeah. It's not the fairness doctrine. That's different. The fairness doctrine is gone. It's dead. It ended with the, the Rush Limbaugh-Reagan years. Equal time is different. Equal time, if you are a candidate for public office and you are on the radio oh. and that radio station is hosting you and it's not about, there are some carve-outs, a news event. So yeah. in other words, you may there say, are some, yes. well, why is it that congressmen, they all have an opponent. Pretty much every congressman or woman in the country right now has an opponent. How come when Fox has on whatever, congressman, uh, you know, Jim Jordan or whatever, how come they don't have to offer equal time to Jim Jordan's opponent? Because when Jordan comes on, he's commenting about news events. That's a carve out or else you could never have anybody on the air. But when you're on the air talking about your campaign, oh. 
You have to give the opponent equal time. The radio station has to forfeit the whole time to her opponent. Ladies and gentlemen, this happened to me. <laughs> Not a joke. When I was running for Congressional District 6 in Maryland, I did a weekend show on WMAL. I had done it for a long time. Nobody complained. I mean, they can have you on the air, but if someone complains, they right. have to have your opponent. It's right. not illegal. You remember this story, Joe? Uh, yeah. And sure enough, I get a call from one of the managers there at MAL, and they're like, hey, man, I got bad news, but your opponent, John Delaney, is claiming equal time. The same guy running for president. Sure. You know what? They had him on the air. Sure they yep, did. They, he was on the air for like three hours. They gave him the whole show. I, mean, it was, I think it was like three hours. They had to do it. Mm hmm is Joe Walsh unaware of this? Just because, again, just goes to show you that this guy's a complete knucklehead, ladies and gentlemen. He wants to be president. He doesn't even understand how his own industry works. Uh, I'm surprised. My whole audience loves Trump. I'm running against Trump. I got fired. Uh, oh. And, he's like stunned. And the, 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 the candidates I, I, will crawl out of yeah. the woodwork, too. You get all these minor, oh, you know, all these minor leaguers. I never heard of everybody. you before. Yeah, everybody will be like, I want three hours on Salem Radio. What a headache. Joe Walsh is on. He's my opponent in the yeah. primary. Unbelievable. What a total knucklehead this guy is. <laughs> All right. Uh, moving on. Last story. This stuff worries Damn. me. <laughs> you know, one of the things I've always uh, been concerned about for a very long time is yeah. I've, I've been speaking out against the, the Patriot Act and other forms oh, of yeah. government surveillance for a very long time. Um, it's not just government surveillance that should worry you, ladies and gentlemen. It's the advent of these government-run systems that are proliferating around the world in conjunction with private sector surveillance as well. A fascinating article. I rarely use the headline articles at Drudge because most of you, you, you know, you've already read them and I don't like to relitigate stuff. You can read elsewhere, as I said, opening the show. This one's worth it. Check this article about uh, from Fast Company. It's been it's making its way around the Internet today. It says, uh oh, Silicon Valley is building a Chinese style social credit system. What do they mean by this? Oh, What's good? This no. is a really fascinating article. It'll be up in the show notes. Please check it out. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of takeaways from this that should really, really concern you. China right now has a very disturbing, it's the world's largest surveillance state. The government has, I read this, if I'm quoting this number wrong, forgive me, but I looked it up and verified it twice. It just sounds incredibly large to me. If I'm wrong, email me. China currently has a network of 200 million. Again, I looked it up twice. Cameras in its areas that monitor people. Monitors from, uh, and I was listening to um, a podcast this weekend. Apparently, they have not only facial recognition, Joe, but get a load of this. They have gate recognition. Mm, gate. Really? G-A-I-T, yeah. not yeah. G-A-T-E. In other words, you walk. if you hide your face, yeah. yes, you have a very specific, yes. you know me with my arthritis. I walk really yeah. funny. Apparently, they can pick me out. 200 million cameras. Now, the article goes into that a little bit, but says, ladies and gentlemen, what they do with that is they they use it for a social score. In other words, let's say your gate detection system detects you jaywalking. China has a social credit system and they humiliate people. They put people on the Internet like here's Joe Armacos, serial jaywalker. You know, and then there's, at some point there's a fear here that these people who get low social scores, he doesn't put his garbage out correctly. We have mm. him on video that you're going to be prevented from leaving the country, opening a bank account. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Orwellian nightmare stuff. This is really happening. It's not a joke. It's not a mm -hmm. sci-fi movie. It's happening in China. Mm. The point of the article is, Hey, listen, this stuff is kind of going on a bit now here, maybe not government run, but sometimes equally pernicious. And they lay out a couple of, get a load of this because a couple of these I hadn't considered. These are private companies in the United States that are doing this now. Insurance companies, Joe, are apparently going through your Instagram now huh? 
to gauge what your premium should be. Yeah, it's a cool example, uh, or not so cool example, but int- I should say interesting. Yeah. Not so cool for you and I. So let's say, Joe, you want life insurance. Yeah. And you, you know, you answer the, the questionnaire, you know, do you do this? Do you bike? Do you climb mountains? You know, ri- do you skydive? You know, risky mm-hmm. behavior. And Joe says, no, I don't skydive. What are they doing? They're going to your Instagram, right, Joe? There's Joe Armacon. <laughs> you know when you're in the air skydiving yes. and the wind's in your mouth? There you go. There's Joe skydiving. Yeah. I thought he said he didn't skydive. Or as a, um, Paula, remember the skodoving thing? <laughs> I'm not going to say who. I'll leave that story for 50 years from now. Someone I worked with who thought the past tense of skydive was the skodove. Oh. <laughs> True story. Dude. I'll leave that for another time. Okay. Um, it's a little <laughs> sensitive. So if you dove in the past and it's on your Instagram, that may be used against you by insurance companies in the United States. Again, is it China monitoring your gate and preventing you from traveling the country and getting on a plane because you have a low social credit score? Not really, but the kind of stuff that I'd be a little concerned about. You may say, right, that didn't sound like a big deal. Next, they bring up Uber and Airbnb. How the Uber drivers can rate you, and so can Airbnb owners uh, of of uh, rooms and stuff they rent out. And if you stink, you go in and you uh, hey, maybe if you literally stink, right? Or maybe uh-huh. if you're just awful to the Uber driver, you go to the Airbnb. You know, you abuse the guy's house. God only knows what you're doing in there. <laughs> they can rate you, and you can be kicked off the platforms, <laughs> which is fair enough. All right, fair again. Open season two on the insurance companies. Listen, don't post stuff on your Instagram if you don't want it out there in public. No soup for you. I'm just you. saying the stuff is happening. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No soup for you. Paula ate it. They used to eat it that place. Uh, they have another thing called uh, patron scan, or as I mistakenly said when I uh, when I was reading the thing because of Paula and I in date night, patron scan. Um, it, <laughs> Paula gets it. Nobody else probably gets it. Patron. Patro- patron scan. Patron scan is this software at bars where if you try to get in with a fake ID or if you get in with a real ID and you're a problem, they can put you in a system shared with other bars. In other words, you go to a bar and you're a jerk. There's a social credit score. You just don't know about it. They're going to be like at the door. No, no, thanks. We don't want you in here. Have a nice day. Patron scan. Or the Dan Bongino version. Patron scan. We already seen it with YouTube and Twitter, where if you're a conservative, they can boot you off. But folks, this kind of stuff, again, I'm not trying to panic anybody. I'm just saying like, you know, we speak out against this social credit system in China as we should. Of course, us being liberty lovers, we should speak out. But we don't realize that we're inadvertently having this done to us by private business as well in this country. But what the superiority, as I discussed in yesterday's show, over private business to government, to end on a positive note with this, folks, is you don't have to do any of that. You don't like Uber? Don't get in the car. You don't want to be raided by Airbnb? Go get a hotel room. You don't want to, you know, uh, be a be a show up in p- patron scan? Then don't fight in a bar. You know what I'm saying? You don't have to do this. The government in China is monitoring you, what you, not by your choice, no matter what. And they have, of course, government has a monopolistic use of force, which private business doesn't have. One more thing about this: the article warns people. That just because this is in China doesn't necessarily mean that you won't be caught up in it. That this network captures you too. So if you go over to China or some of the countries they license this technology to, and let's say you have a business meeting and you didn't want the details of that business meeting and who you were meeting with public, you may be caught up in this system too. And your business may suffer. Just a warning. 
but fascinating article. Can't encourage you strongly enough uh, to read it. Be in the show notes today. Uh, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Bongino. We have one of our biggest overnights ever on the YouTube channel. The audio podcast, always available. All this stuff is free on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and elsewhere. You can check it out. You can always go to Bongino.com as well. Please subscribe. The subscriptions help us move up the charts, and it's always free. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you like the show. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.